0: Jump back to the middle of the book. Um. So they meet up in the woods surrounding the community center. Uh and Cassie's like, if you don't tell them, I'm gonna. Uh. And so Rachel tells everybody that the civilian, that old man, died. Um, and that weird silence is back. Um <laughs> It was a heart attack, Cassie," added <laughs> gently. "That's all we know.
1: To be fair, like
2: also, there's no like. How do you react
0: to that? News? Yeah.
2: Like for Rachel's perspective, I can see how it would feel incredibly judgmental.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, and it kind of is, but also like the others not knowing what to say to that. Hmm. It's like i I'm, I'm I'm not saying nothing yeah somebody's definitely got that told you i told you i did i said i did say
1: mm-hmm.
2: like that feels like there's an unspoken i told you so happening in the background yeah. but um maybe that's just what rachel's hearing in mm-hmm. her head you know
0: yeah none none of them outright say anything uh axe is even the uh even says like the man's death is unfortunate perhaps it was even avoidable but there is nothing we can do to change the fact of it Um. Yeah,
2: i will say like later in the book we find out this old man had like heart disease anyway and could have Mm -hmm. died at any time Mm -hmm. which does feel like "Mm, i do not appreciate this trying to cover your ass book yes don't care for it just like own it just Mm -hmm. like yeah this is a shitty thing that happened because war does have innocent bystanders uh,
1: bystanders Mm -hmm. just one more way that it's shitty yeah um and to, Cassie asks uh, if Tobias
0: has any thoughts about it <laughs> and Tobias is just like oh it's all clear out there <laughs> A I am not engaging
2: <laughs> like, but it is also like please don't make me yeah tear down my girlfriend
1: now Mm -hmm.
2: i am
0: trying to keep my shit together Mm -hmm. uh but yeah he doesn't he doesn't comment he doesn't even look at rachel um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which she of course interprets as yeah like he's mad at
2: her he's judging mm -hmm. her because as we established before like his opinion matters to her so much
1: Mm mm-hmm
2: because he is the other one like her. She sees the most like a soldier. The mm-hmm. one who's given up the most.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like outside of the romantic aspects of their relationship. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He, like
0: he's,
2: a, outside of, he's
0: the one she respects him. Yeah. He's her tether to humanity. And mm-hmm. uh, if he thinks that she fucked up. Then maybe she he done fucked up. up. And she doesn't, she can't deal with that right now. Uh huh. Uh, so she gets angry and defensive. Um, it wasn't my fault. We all agreed to do this mission. Nobody forced anybody. We all agreed. Hit them hard, scare them, attack, attack, attack. I'm sorry the guy died, but, and Cassie's like, nobody's saying it's your fault. And Rachel's like, it's what they're not saying. Uh, and then I felt even angrier. We were doing a good job so far, and I was the leader. It was my place to keep us doing a good job. My duty. No one could ever blame me for not doing my
1: duty. Which is interesting. Mm. Because this is the first time duty has come up at all. Yeah. And
0: we know how Rachel feels about duty, and that it is a very strong motivating
1: factor for her. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's just like the the pivot from um i am leading to like i have to make sure we're doing a good job like it it's a it's it an interesting very pivot abrupt.
0: yeah as well like it it vibes
2: with her characterization in the books generally But not this book. Like you say, this mention suddenly Mm -hmm. of, hey, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Um, It's sort of like that you guys don't like seeing me act this way when um, you're doing it as well, effectively.
1: Like, oh, it's okay when it's just me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Marco snaps back at her because, of course, he's going to. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and so she pushes on. She's like, Look, we got one more target. We gotta hit the community center. And, uh, she asks Tobias what's going on inside. Um, he briefly looks at her and then reports that there's some kind of meeting going on. Um, but there's no sign of the viscer, but that doesn't mean that he's not in the building. Uh, and Axe is like, we need more information because there very well could be a bunch of pork on the premises. Um, Tobias is like, they're going to be expecting us at this point. Um, we have to be careful. And Marco is like, I'm not even sure that this is necessary. We got the point across. Um, let's leave it at that before another innocent bystander gets killed. And Cassie's like, let Jake take it from here when he gets back day after tomorrow. Um. And Rachel can't handle this. I don't believe this, I cried. This is not the time to quit. This is not the time to get all nervous. We break in and we kick butt. We stick with the plan. All right, Marco said calmly. And there is nothing more infuriating when you're really fucking angry than someone talking Uh calmly at you. (laughs) Like, Marco's not wrong to react like this, but... (laughs) <laughs> there is like there aren't very many good ways to react to someone who's angry, but someone mm-hmm. reacting with just perfect composure when you're losing it.
2: Yeah, but is, does he know. He, to be fair, I think Marco is in a lose lose situation with mm-hmm. with Ray, and maybe he knows it. So him keeping calm could be just as much for him. Mm-hmm. But you know, it just ha- also happens to be enough to make matters worse.
1: Yeah. Um, um,
2: he says he, he'll go in only like,
1: after they check it out yeah um and
2: cassie agrees and um and rachel hates this is like i wish i'd been human so i could make a sound of disgust you people kill me every attack so far has been a success and you want to blow it now by the time we check out the building meeting could break up and everyone could be gone what then Rachel no no one says no to Jake I challenge suddenly I'm leader so it's okay to be all rebellious and mutiny I don't think so you chose me as leader I got us through today okay didn't I didn't I she's right I said we chose her and this is why we need to pause because as Danielle said earlier I didn't exactly choose her <laughs> it was sort of more uh okay well this is how it's happening but as I said before People say no to Jekyll the tough. Ta- <laughs> this is not the first instance of rebellion slash mutiny, and also it's a really extreme like from hearing the word no to this is a mutiny. Yeah, yeah. And this and is it's... one of those instances where I feel like this is this is where the flanderization comes in,
1: because
2: mm-hmm. um, this does feel a little bit too like. Zero like the saying no to Jake and now I'm only now I'm in no one says no to Jake and now but when I'm in charge everyone feels that like they can argue or question it. That wouldn't affect like it's the terms rebellious and mutiny. Mm-hmm. Like
1: girl, you've been running one mission. <laughs> you ain't Napoleon, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: and because of course hubris is the uh word of the day um just like yeah no this is going to be fantastic last raid of the day we'll leave the eggs with an experience they'll never forget and because everyone's looking wary um she's like and hey if you guys are really worried we'll go with maximum firepower everyone's a polar bear and again i was like okay <laughs> and marco is like did i hear you right because I, I don't see anything wrong with our usual battle morphs. Okay, like, um, I mean, we know our morphs have been working all day. Um, and this is like pushing down the defense. And it's like that she knows is creeping in there because they're mm-hmm. still arguing with her. It's just like we're going for mass bulk spectacle, going out in style. Besides, we want to send the message that there are a lot of us just like, now you do. <laughs> it's easy writing. Um, but she's just like tensing up, uh, and nobody objects out loud. Um, so they, we get another real good description of morphing as they go polar bear. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
2: we get the fun detail, that it looks like every part of Rachel morphs except her head. And then Mm -hmm. just her whole head goes last, which is, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, people get distracted by the smell of food. Um, Marco, then Cassie, um, then axe. Uh, Did you get this detail of um, again? I don't know if this is a formatting thing because I don't think we've ever seen Rachel call him Ax, Axe, mm. um or maybe it is, and because we know Jake sometimes does. Yeah. So whether it's her trying to, uh, so because then Tobias steps forward. Um, remember, or she's everyone, spending a lot of time with Tobias that's true um these are human controllers but humans all the same we're here to scare them not to hurt or kill i was stunned he meant that for me me i didn't need his advice his warnings i knew this was just another busting up mission i knew that all day long at every raid, i had been in control of myself of my morphs i had i hadn't been responsible for that old man's dying and her thoughts cut off by marco but i do want to raise a point because at that, I did flip back and double check. There's an awful lot of, and this happens in this next fight as well, like people getting knocked over mm-hmm. and knocked into things. This was very daredevil school of I don't kill people. Just like mm, if you hit somebody's <laughs> head that hard, fairly certain you kill them. My uh-huh. guy, like, uh, like it, it's very like TV slash movies. Oh like, well, if I don't see them bleeding, mm-hmm. they're fine, right? Just like. Mm. Guys, a, a strong knock to the head will kill someone. <laughs> Brains are smushy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't like cranial
0: impact.
2: Bad. Um. But, yeah, I just find that distinction interesting. It's, very, it's yeah. less obvious in the earlier instance, but this one that's about to happen, there is definitely a couple of people's heads getting, like, bounced off tables and into mm-hmm. walls and against each other. That's a bad.
0: Mm-hmm. um yeah I, ha- I had the same thought a couple of times in this fight uh so they morph polar bears and they go in and they just wreck shit um uh I'm this
2: building can fit five fucking polar bears in it quite frankly that's a bit yeah what, what is this how big is this building
0: i mean if it's a i don't know i'm imagining like a community center that has like that's more when like a pull, a really right? fancy gym, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it's got I like a
0: pool, a basketball court, that kind of shit. Um, still, <laughs> uh, like
2: they would have to be single
0: file down the corridor. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> um, the so yeah, they wreck shit, and then uh, the visor shows up. Um. Oh no! The inspector shows up first and is like blurring around them, confusing them again. Uh, and they can't get a hit in. And he he kind of stops, like after confu- dazing all of them, and is just like, "All right, I've seen enough. I'll leave you to clean up, Visser." <laughs> and Visser Three's just like, "I." Right. The inspector just leaves. Uh, I like walked off through the door held open for him by a heavily bleeding human controller.
2: <laughs> Impeccable vibes. Yeah. Impeccable.
0: Yep. Uh, and then Viscer 3 is here, and Viscer 3 morphs this like sludge monster thing. Uh, Very
1: just... squishy,
2: hard to get like actual damage on.
0: Yes. And it's and, and it stinks.
2: And it stinks. It's like a rotting uh, mound of garbage, throws off a yeah. lot of heat, and smells real bad.
0: Uh, Rachel realizes too late that the polar bear maybe wasn't a great choice. Um, now she realizes. Uh-huh. Uh. And Axe, perhaps we should have chosen our usual battle morphs, Axe said unnecessarily, his voice grim. We are all one thing, with no flexibility. We must withdraw. <laughs> and Rachel's just like, yeah, okay. Everyone go for the window. I'll hold off the viscer um and she does. She like attacks him um and uh is able to distract him long enough that everybody else gets out apparently this this thing doesn't really have very particular i mean it's very strong um like it picks up her fifteen hundred pound body and throws her like she's nothing. Yeah, there's um,
2: very sort of like ooze vibes from like a classic yeah. Monster Manual sort of feel. Like this is a thing that can soak damage and is mm-hmm. strong but doesn't really have much else going for it. Yeah. And it, it certainly it, doesn't look cool, which is probably why <laughs> Visser 3 doesn't like it very much. <laughs> um I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. It, it's very different from his flashy like ranged attack kind of deal- deals. Um, but yeah, so he throws her and when she lands, she Looks around the room and can't see any of her friends. So she's like, okay, everybody got out. So she also leaves. Um, but when she crawls out, uh, she only sees three other polar bears. Um, and she knows before she even finishes the question that Cassie is still inside the building and they can't go back in for her. Um, so they retreat, uh, they retreat to the barn and Rachel has a breakdown. Um, And I've seen her do before when Cassie's in danger. Like. Yes. Uh, And I'm just going to read the next like chapter in a bit because it is, this is where a lot of the really good meat is. One hour and 15 minutes, 75 minutes total says Axe. This is just fabulous. This is just perfect, Marco raged. In less than two hours, Cassie's going down. One way or the other. Infestation? Maybe. Torture? Why not? Life as a gigantic furball? Possible. Marco. Tobias's voice was emotionless. Stop. I'm sure Rachel feels bad enough. And she should! Marco whirled to glare at me. I lowered my head and the tears spilled faster. Nice, Rachel. Marco spat. The do not be mean to me i am a girl thing is pathetic. Marco it was Axe. That is enough, unproductive, and enough. We were in Cassie's barn, Cassie's favorite place, which, thanks to me, she might never see again. I- I thought she was out, I whispered. We've got to deal with the situation, Tobias went on. If the Yerks infest Cassie and force her to demorph, we're history. The mission is over. The entire war is over. It might be already. Marco snorted. Shouldn't we let our new fearless leader decide the next move? She's been just fantastic with strategy so far. I, for one, am impressed. I sniffed and swiped at my eyes with the back of my hand. Marco. Yes? Did you want to say something to me? He crossed his arms and stared. Because I don't know if a macho warrior like you wants to be talking to me. I'm the one who thinks too much. I'm the boring one with the hamlet complex. The one who says, Gee, Rachel, don't you think we should take a look first? Investigate? Prepare, you know, before we march into certain death? Okay, now I was mad. I'd screwed up really, really badly. But I wasn't punished, but wasn't I punishing myself enough? For God's sake, I was crying, not something I made a habit of doing. I didn't know that Garatron Inspector would be there, I shouted, my fist fists clenched. Marco shook his head, like he was disgusted. Yeah, well, you would have if you'd listened to reason. We are wasting time, Axe said. The viscer has probably taken Cassie to the yerk pool. Axe still hadn't looked at me. Not right at me. Not once since we'd run off from the community center. Flown back to the barn. Our course is clear. Tobias stretched and refolded his wings. Rachel's our leader, Axe. We might not be thrilled with that decision right now, but we're, we're the ones who made it. I think we should take responsibility for it. Stick with it. My stomach clenched. I felt chilled. Not exactly a strong endorsement from Tobias. But why would he be pleased with me? Why should he stick up for me? My show-off performance had put us all, all, in serious danger. Had quite possibly condemned us to death. An old man, dead. Cassie. I was going to be sick. I clapped my hand over my mouth. No. Get control, Rachel. Not here, not now. No. I turned to Marco. Tobias. Axe, please look at me. He did, with his main eyes. I'm not your leader. Not anymore. I can't bring that old man back to life. I can't tell you to go down to the yerk Pool to rescue Cassie. I can't tell you to do anything. I screwed up. I... Rachel, all leaders make mistakes on occasion. It is not a desirable thing, but it is an observable truth. Tobias is correct. You are our leader. You must behave like a commanding officer. I shook my head. No. Axe. I swallowed hard and looked at to Tobias. And Tobias... Thanks for the loyalty. It must be hard, pretending to have faith in me. And Marco, thanks for the honesty. I laughed a forced, sick laugh. It's ugly, but I deserve it. But I'm going down to the Pool alone. It's the only way. Uh, are you on medication? Marco put his hands to his head. No, I really want to know. Seriously, because I think your dosage needs to be adjusted. I'm going alone. That's final. Look, Cassie went down alone when she had to. When the rest of us were totally incapacitated, Marco shot back. Different situation. She had no choice. You do. It would be suicidal, Axe said. I cannot imagine Prince Jake approving of such an action. Yeah, well, Jake's not here, I snapped. Even to my own ears, I sounded like a petulant child. And if he had been, if he had been, I guess none of this would have happened. So it's Jake's fault, Tobias said harshly, that he trusted us to handle situations while he was away, that we chose you as interim leader? That you made a mistake and now want to bail on us? I don't know, Rachel. Maybe you really don't deserve to be leader. Tobias. Guilt. Shame. Overwhelming sadness and anger. Why was this happening? How could things have gotten so bad? Gone so wrong? It was all too much. Too much. I couldn't. I quit. I resign. Let Marco be leader, I yelled, kicking an old wooden crate against the wall. A wounded raccoon moaned nervously in its cage. It's what he wanted all along. I'm out of here. Marco followed me out of the barn. "'Rachel, wait up.' I did. I don't know why, but I threw my arms up in the air and slapped them down against my thighs and tossed back my head and growled. He trotted up and came to stand in front of me. "'No,' he said. "'What do you mean, no? Don't you want to have to deal—don't want to have to deal with my mess?' I said flatly, brushing away a final tear and pretending it was a speck of dirt. "'I understand that. It's a no-win situation, and you're nothing if not pragmatic, Marco.' Marco nodded. You're right about that. Lousy odds for success. And I am pragmatic. The odds are always lousy, but Jake beats the odds. Yeah, we're lucky to have Jake, but he's screwed up too. Your pity isn't really helping me, Marco. Jake never walks out. Never quits. Yeah, well, goody for Saint Jake. You're the one who didn't want me in charge. Why not just take your big victory and be happy? The Animorphs are all yours until the almighty Jake comes home. I can't lead. Not right now. This isn't my mission. Maybe someday I'll be in charge. If I am, I'll probably screw up. Like I said, even Saint Jake blows it sometime. What makes you so special anyway? Yeah? Then it's your turn to screw up. I'm gone. Marco grabbed my arm. I jerked it away. He looked as angry as I was. Listen to me, you mall crawling psycho. We have one hour and ten minutes to get Cassie out of the york pool. Now, I can come up with a clever plan. I can work all the angles. I can see the perfect solution. But all that takes time. We don't have time, Rachel. We don't have time for clever and subtle. We need reckless. We need impulsive. We need dangerous. We need out of your mind, pure adrenaline, butt kicking, total out there insanity. He stabbed his finger in my face. We could have used me back at the community center. But right now, we need you. We have an hour to save your best friend, Jake's girlfriend, and the entire human race. You got us into this. Now get us out. Tobias and Axe were still waiting in the barn. I closed the door behind me. I stood just inside, Marco within arm's reach, peering into the blue and gray gloom of the barn. It was evening, about six o'clock. I was already late for dinner, but I'd deal with my mother's questions tomorrow. If she'd even noticed I was gone, with all the time she was spending at the office lately on a new major case. And she asked Tobias if he knows any new entrances to the Yerk pool. There was a beat of silence. I thought I saw Axe smile in that incredibly mouth, incredible mouthless way, Andalight's smile. But I could have imagined that too. Another beat of silence. Tobias said, what are you planning to? I slam my fist into my other hand. I'm planning to get Cassie out of there. Now answer my question. Everything you have on Yerkpool entrances now. And he snaps too and tells her that uh, you know, they have the traditional ones that they know, and there's possibly a new office building um, that seems really weirdly empty and doesn't have any stairwells or elevator shafts, and the roof is retractable. Um, and he thinks that he saw a bug fighter dropping in, um, so possibly that's it. Uh, they have 65 minutes left. Tobias is like, I may be wrong. Marco's like, it'll take us half an hour to get there, another half hour to infiltrate. If it is a Yurk cover, it'll be guarded. More so now. Then we'll need time to get to the Yurk pool, find Cassie, bail out. I don't see it. Not in any 65 minutes. It doesn't take a bug fighter that long, I said. We do not have a bug fighter. Axe said. I took a deep breath. I had a terrible idea. A suicidal idea. I half smiled at Marco. You want it insane? I've got some insane. So let's take a moment-
1: Yeah, let's take a moment before
2: we delve into the sort of climactic uh, sequence that is the the final act of this book.
1: Mm -hmm. I fucking love that scene. It's good. Holy shit. Holy shit. Marco is so good.
0: Like this writer, this writer understands Marco.
1: Yes, very much so. We saw it before and we're seeing it here. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a pity
0: that she doesn't have such a strong control over Rachel's character, but.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's
2: frustrating because there's nuggets there. Mm
1: -hmm. He
2: just leans too far in to -hmm. certain parts in a way that feels unjustified or an overreaction Mm -hmm. because a a lot of what rachel says and does in this work doesn't feel out of character it's just it's the uh, extremeness of it Mm -hmm. that
1: does Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah um but just i got uh, there's something very satisfying to me uh because of who marco is and because marco is so often at the brunt of rachel's Less favorable qualities
1: mm-hmm.
2: that he and I do like. It is mean, and it is, and she is like suffering. But we know how much Marco cares about the others, mm-hmm. and so when he's like, "No, why does she get to cry now, and I not call her out on her bullshit?" Yeah, because, and it, it is, and I know Rachel in this moment is not trying to be manipulative, but how many times? Has Marco had to see that kind of behavior? Have any of them do like, uh, somebody like, I was say, I, I haven't brought up any, but like a pretty white girl cries mm-hmm. to get herself out of trouble.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, I get it. As somebody that cries when I'm emotionally overwhelmed of any flavor of emotion, and I hate that about myself, like, I get too angry and I'll cry. I hate it. It doesn't feel good because you worry immediately that you're manipulating people as well, just like, fuck, I don't need this. But having Marco so angry at Rachel and then being the one to go out and mm-hmm. like, no, you don't get to walk away from this. You fucked up, yeah. So that doesn't mean you get to walk away. Because mm-hmm. Marco, like Jake, is like he tends to own his fuck ups
1: because mm-hmm. he's
2: had to. He's gotten to that point where he's just like, well, shit, you know, I fucked up, and just, just like, okay, this is just a part of me now. Cool what that's not going to change anything i still have to do this and rachel you need to do this Mm -hmm. we don't have the luxury of being able to quit not now and i like that it's marco calling her on her bullshit because Mm -hmm. she frequently calls him out like and it's because they're so often foils for each other and out loggerheads a lot of the time And his role generally of being the one to like call the shots as he sees them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Also, he isn't afraid to go yell at her. Yep. Like, because Tobias is by nature, conflict avoidant, like he, his way of dealing a lot of time is to pull back from it and not engage Mm -hmm. because that's a behavior he's learned that's kept him safe, Mm -hmm. acts. Is different and also frequently just like your human politics are not my business, which is a cop out that a lot of the writers seem to fall into with writing acts and it bothers me. Mm -hmm. But he is not the leader and doesn't see it as his place to question it. And I do like that he is also calling Marco out just like what you're doing is not helpful.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I, I think that's a really important detail that I'm glad is in there. Yeah. Because when Marco's done yelling and being mad, he's like, okay, right. Well, this is what needs to happen. And I think mm-hmm. it's like him trying to just bring Rachel around to that too. Just like, yeah, be pissed off. Okay, cool. But we need to do things. We can cry
1: later. That now we've got a fuck up we need to sort out. Mm-hmm. Again, this is what Marco's pragmatism
2: is. It's just like, yeah, this fucking sucks. We've still got to do the thing. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it's just, it's an upsettingly adult conversation to hear out of the mouth of a child. Uh Uh-huh. And yes, dear listeners, I am upset about Benny LaFontaine. (laughs) Um, But also, I say this, that sounds like something my character would say in Dumb Kids, quite frankly, because of the person that I am and how I play games. Um, Mm -hmm. It's good. I'm now thinking about the next session of dumb kids and something I know that has to happen and I am excited and I feared. uh, but that's for another day. Um, I just, there feels like such a weariness to this exchange, mm-hmm. like, like this isn't, yes, it's, it's a war, but like, this sounds like something you might hear in a episode of MASH. Like this is somebody who's been at war for years. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe of this conversation. Not children that have
0: been doing this for what, less than a year. Oh, I feel like it's been longer than that at this point.
2: Maybe, but either way, there's still a children and B with this is not a long time scale in the grand scheme of things. Hmm. Um, even if it's not clear at any given time just how much
0: time is passing, um, I just. We get an indication of how long it is at the end, if you want to know. Go on. Three years.
1: Cough!
2: I hate it! I hate it! That's so good and upsetting. (laughs) Fuck off! Oh, cool. There's 16 at the end of it. Great. That's not better. Still upsetting. (laughs) Anyway. I don't like hearing children talk like war vets. It's upsetting and soul crushing in a way it's clearly meant to be. (laughs) And I just really appreciate the acknowledgement of their failings. Also, Mm -hmm. and I've noticed this a couple of times, there's a lot, they jokingly call him St. Jake,
1: Mm -hmm. but
2: also there's a lot of picking up Jake. Mm -hmm. And also like, they know that's not the case. I think they all do, but they need to hold up Jake as this ideal. It's like Rachel was saying earlier about a leader mm-hmm. as the ideal. Mm-hmm. Even if they all know the humanity and the reality of Jake, when they're t- they're talking about Jake the leader in these mm-hmm. moments, they're not talking about Jake, their cousin, their friend, their boyfriend. It's just. The way that they talk, they wouldn't talk about him like that to his face. It's because he's not there. Mm -hmm. And it's like that way that we can mythologize people when we're not dealing with them right in front of us. Yeah. So. And as I said, this book is very good in a lot of ways. It's just the frustrating elements are worse for it. But hey, guess what? Now the kids are going to go sneak onto a small private airport and steal a tiny jet. Yep.
0: They steal a jet.
2: Axe can fly Another it. Private jet. Of course. I have no problem. I have no problem with Axe being able to fly a terrestrial jet and not just because of how many different alien aircraft. <laughs> the has been able to fly. Uh
1: huh.
2: I um. I like playing the technician
1: playbook. <laughs> I fly all the things. It's uh, but
2: yeah, they're human. They're 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 themselves as they which break is it. dumb they literally as shit. Scale the f- it is dumb as shit. I don't know why there's that choice made, but they literally scale the fence, run out onto the tarmac, and up into
0: a private jet. Yep. I do like the detail that it's it's a Philip Morris private jet, and Rachel's like they have insurance; they'll be fine.
2: <laughs> I don't know Philip Morris as a company or a brand, so <laughs> I only know the film "I Love You, Philip Morris," which I feel is not the same thing.
0: Um, yeah, it's a it's a multinational is- tobacco company. Ah. <laughs> uh then yeah they'll have insurance and plenty of cash but also
2: this just goes to prove that how how much this is fucking california mm-hmm. in my opinion mm-hmm. just like that these kids live near enough both a national park and a small airport yep for private jets
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that there's a demand for private jets in this area <laughs> uh also yeah. even before what they do with the jet this is where you can tell this is a uh, pre 9 11 because even private airfields have, that have got those sorts of size planes have so much tighter yeah control than a fucking barb fence and a guy with do- a guy with guard dogs yep
1: uh
0: yeah x flies them out to the the tower this this building that Tobias thinks might be a uh, entrance for bug fighters. Um, they Is go to seven to the roof. Yeah. So they, you
2: know
0: they go to seven thousand feet, and Axe makes them dive ninety degrees straight down
1: mm.
0: at the top of the building. Um, Axe and Marco and Tobias yeet themselves out of the back of the plane and morph in the air. And Rachel, for some reason, has to hold on to the joystick to keep the plane on track, uh, until the very last second, at which point then she leaves, like, leaves the plane and morphs. Um, she manages it. It's a tense sequence. Uh, hmm. it reminds and-
2: me a little of the, um, the way, and let me think, this is written very well. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it just looked like, mm, I'm fairly certain you could just like hang something heavy off mm-hmm. the the stick.
0: Mm-hmm. It's pushed down to go down. Yeah. So she, uh, bails out of the aircraft, begins to morph to Eagle. The jet crashes through the ceiling down seven stories into the yerk pool. It's like literally the yerk pool. Um, immediately uh fucking cooking hundreds maybe thousands of yerks for the nth time um which rachel
2: <clears throat> does observe kind of dispassionately, yes. but she is trying to finish morphing and not die so mm-hmm,
0: you know mm-hmm. fair uh she gets fully eagled just in time to not become paste on the ground uh she notices that all of the hosts are basically being corralled into cages just in case, um, because chaos. Um, and off to the side, she sees Cassie, who is like each of her legs are manacled to each other, surrounded by three Horkbegirs, uh, one of which has a blade to her throat. Uh, so Rachel just like goes in. Uh, rakes the eyes of the hork with the blade to Cassie's throat, uh, makes him kind of let go of her, um, Cassie takes out the other two, um, and, uh, then carefully demorphs by just making her legs small enough that they can, uh, slip out of the manacles, and then uses the manacles as, like, a fucking lariat, um, Love that for her, <laughs> dope, dope as shit. Um, and Cassie's like, uh, Rachel's like, all right, we need to get you out of here. You've got like ten minutes left in morph. Um, let's go. Uh, and then Visor Three appears. Uh, but not just Visor Three, also the inspector. Uh, and Visor Three is at his fucking best. He's so
2: good in this fucking chapter <laughs> of the day. It's just I'm sort of like. <laughs> He's having a great time.
0: He is. Um. My dear inspector, perhaps you would like the honor of killing the Andalite scum before us. Wait, I have a better idea. Because you seem to think it is so easy a task to eliminate these enemies of the Yerk Empire, I challenge you to destroy these two pitiful samples right here and right now. I think it would be an inspiration to our brother Yurks. <laughs> to kill these pathetic earth creatures is no challenge for a creature with the speed and skill of a garrotron. <laughs> Uh, And Viscer 3 is just like, my dear inspector, are you saying that you decline my challenge? I don't understand. You berate me for not having been successful in permanently subduing the Andalite bandits, and yet, when offered the opportunity to do so yourself, you refuse? I'm afraid I must take your refusal to mean an admission of, I accept your challenge, that is no challenge.
2: <laughs> it's just occurred to me, partially because of your excellent delivery just then, but I'm now imagining Vista 3 voiced by Mark gators who obviously played Mycroft <laughs> in the BBC Sherlock. Uh huh. And just, mwah, mwah. That, that man is so good at playing a ham, like, mean <laughs> him a Doctor Who as well. He's just, mm. uh-huh. I've got problems with Mark gators sometimes, but I cannot fault his ability to chew the scenery.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and so the inspector gets to work, uh, making Cassie super fucking dizzy, using his tail as a whip, um, doing some significant damage. Uh, Rachel tries to get to the air and dive at him, but he easily dodges her. She hits the pavement really hard. Um, and, uh, no one is getting involved, no one else. The Horc Bajir around are just kind of like, they made a circle. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. chanting fight, fight, fight. Um, uh huh. And, uh, when it looks like, uh, they won't be able to do anything, that, uh, you know, maybe that they really are just gonna be killed by this motherfucker and his too quick speed, mm-hmm. um, Tobias shows up with Axe and Marco. Notably Marco is in cobra morph. Uh and uh, Tobias basically just throws Marco onto the ground. Um and as just we have the seen before, of dive,
2: just the fucking visual of just dropping this cobra in yeah. and just like bomb yeah. away. Uh
0: as we've seen before, Hork apparently don't pay attention to the ground. <laughs> and so none of them look at him. Uh, now mm-hmm. I I have to point out cobras can get very large. Mm-hmm. Uh they're I believe they are the longest venomous snake uh or the heaviest. One or the other rattlesnake is the other one. Um
2: cuz he's a but, king cobra, right? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, oh. and they're just huge. Um Holy shit. Yeah. It's 19 foot long yeah they're really big
1: the now there's an
2: argument 10 to 13 feet yeah i know he was a baby like a young
0: juvenile Mm-hmm. still
1: uh, that's big
0: yeah i had no idea they were so big they're very large um that's
2: a big boy
0: but nobody's paying attention to him and so he just like sneaks up on the inspector um and this visual while-
2: of just him inching along the uh-huh. I know King Cobras are pretty dark markings-wise. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And you know, fluorescent lighting isn't necessarily a key feature of the Yerk Pool, though a new skylight did just get put in. <laughs> so
0: uh but everyone's distracted because Axe lands and demorphs and challenges uh the inspector. Um he can't get a single lick in. Uh he's he's losing, but he is very Successful at being a distraction long enough for, uh, Marco to actually strike and bite the inspector. Um, even though the inspector is moving very, very quickly, the cobra can strike fast enough to hit him. Um, which is interesting to me because cobras are actually one of the slower venom- venomous strikers, um, which mm. is part of why they use them in like snake handling stuff. Um, because you can predict their strikes more easily. Like, you couldn't do that with a rattlesnake, because rattlesnakes strike so fast. Um, but he doesn't have a rattlesnake morph. Axe does, but Axe has to be the distraction. Tobias would get killed if he morphed it into, like, whatever. It works. Um. Uh. But yeah, he, he bites the inspector, gets away, and at first they're like, is it gonna work? Um. But the inspector begins to stumble and slow down even his speech gets slower um inspector 3 is like are you experiencing a problem my dear inspector <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh and the, the the animorphs like go bird um uh Cassie dives into the Yurk pool to morph human and then morph, morph seagull, and they all start to fly away. And Viscer 3 is just like, Inspector, look! The Andalite bandits are getting away! You must go after them! I, I cannot move. Yes, and very, very soon you will not be able to breathe. I will be sure to pass along your farewells to the council. My dear Inspector. <laughs> just it's so fucking funny i just like
2: just a pinch of visa three just like bring me some popcorn to place my hoof in <laughs> it's, just, it's just having the best day yeah uh
1: it is it's great it's really great <laughs> uh love that for him
0: love that for him yes
2: he's he's the we do not Yes, we do. He he's just he sucks so bad, but getting to see him just having a great time is just Mwah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh So we have the last chapter. Uh Rachel doesn't go to the funeral of the old man who died because it's too far away. But she does go to see the old man's grandson and basically just tells his mom, like, Yeah, I was there and I wanna uh pay my respects And so she just goes and has a really fucking awkward conversation with the kid. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's just like, yeah, I'm sorry this happened. And he's like, okay, why? And she's like, I just am, I guess. I have to go.
2: (laughs) And leaves.
1: Yeah. Um, we also
2: get the reveal then that apparently uh he had uh, like Chekhov's grandpa had like heart disease, so it could yes. have happened. Like, yes, people are grieving his loss, but also it's not like yeah, a, a, a unexpected, awful
1: mm-hmm.
2: or mm-hmm. as awful as it might have been otherwise thing.
0: Right. Um and as when she leaves, uh Jake is
1: waiting for her at the end of the driveway. Um and uh, she's like, you're back.
0: And he's like, you noticed? Your powers of observation are really amazing, Rachel. <laughs> um, and Jake tells her that, like, he, his dad turned on the late news. They're talking about a bunch of escaped wild animals and a private jet doing a swan dive into a high rise. All sounded like some people I knew were involved. Um, so he talked to Cassie. She told him a little bit of it. He talked to Marco. He told him a little bit of it. Uh, so, uh, they both said that you'd probably want to tell me some stuff yourself. And Rachel's like, I don't want to tell you anything, but I guess I have to. I screwed up big time. You walked in silence beside me for a while. How many Animorphs were there when you started? Six. And now? Still six. Yeah, I didn't get anyone killed. Well, that's the first thing to do, you know? Don't get anyone killed. If it makes you feel better, the others think you did pretty well. Do they? <laughs> we failed to get rid of the Visser. Like Tobias said, we're back to the evil we know. Yeah, well, Rachel, the Visser's hard to get rid of. Doesn't mean we stopped trying. <laughs> uh, and Jake goes on to say, You did good, Rachel. You did what you had to do. I stopped walking. I looked at Jake. How do you do this? How do you make decisions that may get people killed? How do you live with that? It's a war, he said. We do what we have to do because we're forced to do it, right? Some day it will all be over. Some day the Andalites will come, or the Yurks will decide we're not worth it. Some day we'll win. Maybe, but how do you make decisions that get your friends hurt? That maybe some day will get us killed? How do you keep it from getting inside your head and just eating away at you? Then I saw something strange on his face. For just a fleeting moment, it was the face of a terrified kid on the edge of tears. It shocked me. I knew what I was seeing. It was my face when I'd realized the old man had died. My face when I thought I'd lost Cassie forever. But then the mask came down, and he was Jake again. I don't think about it, he lied. We walked on in silence for a few minutes. You okay? Jake said finally. I shook my head, as if to shrug off the question. Yeah, you know. Um, Jake? We made a left at the end of the block and started walk to walk toward home, the setting sun at our backs.
1: Yeah? Don't ever- Ever go away again. And that's the end of the book. That moment at the end there with
0: Jake, like his mask slipping for just a moment. Mm hmm. S- some good
1: fucking food. <laughs> I love shit like that. It's a treat for me. like <sighs> like its like, Flaws this really is a very
2: engaging book it was a good one to read didn't get super frustrating plot wise
1: mm-hmm.
2: this book has a lot going for it it is just those frustrating elements of the characterization of Rachel that let mm-hmm. it down mm-hmm. More than anything, because otherwise it is a it's a very good little solid self-contained book, mm-hmm. and the, like the story of Rachel figuring out that oh no she is very much not the leader and shouldn't be is mm-hmm. a good solid basis. It is just those aspects where it feels like it's a little bit too into gung ho territory. Yeah, that feel unearned.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I do like just like yeah nah, it's about hubris. And the inability to see that you are on the road to your own destruction, but knowing you are on the road to your own destruction, but just assuming you're going to be able to take off the fucking next exit on the pipeline before
1: you get there, (laughs) like, it's so deeply compelling. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm sad about Ariel. (laughs) but you know that's a given mm-hmm. <sighs> should we do some rankings my friend yeah let's do some rankings uh, plot
2: I think it's a great plot I don't think there's a lot to it but there doesn't mm-hmm. need to be mm-hmm um, yeah. Like the plot is like basically, it's like very thin, but like, it's paced like what happens in this. It's all pretty damn like slick works, ish bash mm-hmm. bosh. Mm-hmm. So uh, not especially exciting though. Um, so
0: I'd say what, maybe a seven. Yeah. Uh, characterization is kind of it's not all over the place, but it's inconsistent.
2: Yes some people like i do feel like everyone except from rachel feels pretty damn good it's just Mm -hmm. rachel has that inconsistency that makes it frustrating and unsatisfying in places
0: yeah um
2: but this does feel like somebody does get the characters this time Mm -hmm. it does feel like somebody that knows and likes these characters they just maybe got a bit caught
1: up in elements of it Mm mm-hmm um let's say
2: maybe like an a but with an asterisk because when it's good mm-hmm. it's great there are yeah. just those those moments that pull it mm-hmm. away from that uh
0: an enjoyability slash satisfaction
2: i think it's higher for me than it is for you yeah um because i really vibed despite mm-hmm. my frustrations with elements of it um so i'd maybe put it at, like Again, maybe a, a, a 7 or an 8. Like, mm-hmm. pretty solid, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd say, like, a 6, 7.
1: So not mm-hmm. too much lower. Just, you know. A little, a little. A smidgen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. What was your favorite part? Oh,
2: Rachel reflecting on the nature of heroes and what it means to be a leader, (laughs) I think is going to be sticking in my head for
1: a while. Mm -hmm. Hit me up in the DMs if you know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) I also really
2: like the confrontation between um, Marco and Rachel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think think
2: that's that's my favorite. Yeah. There are lots of good action sequences, well written. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a strong book from a writing perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. Did anything surprise me? um, I feel like some shots are being called that are going to have dividends later in a way I was not expecting. Mm. Um, And as I said before, I was not expecting, like, uh we've seen genre saviness before but not quite like this uh in the mm. in a way that i appreciated mm-hmm. so uh what about you on the reread anything make you go oh that's here uh
0: i didn't remember most of this book um mm-hmm.
1: i my mm, like i knew the Garrotron was in here uh that I art, the che- by the
0: way you shared is very good yeah um i thought i thought the cheetahs played more of a part in it frankly um mm. and m- like my m- sh- my most recent memories of this book are actually the Paparena review of it um all right which is going to be true of a lot of these later books um just because i haven't reread them since I read them the first time and then I watched his review series. So, um, but he, if I recall correctly, he did not like this book a lot, um, because uh-huh. of the, the weirdness with the characterization. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised when I was reading it that like, okay, this is not great, but there's definitely something here. And I think coming to it, uh, with your particular analysis of the, like, uh, tragic hero, uh, narrative analysis stuff is interesting. Cause, like, my brain doesn't necessarily go there first thing, which is why I, like, just read meta from a bunch of different people and slowly piece it together myself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that is a very interesting kind of take on it to
1: there's a lot of meat there to dig into that i wouldn't have thought about um so yeah so. what's that third question you think i'd know these by now
0: is there any part that doesn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand i don't think so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um not like that
2: aren't just doing writing choices
1: right um,
0: yeah, there were a couple of like weird dialogue shit that yeah, an editor probably should have caught that it made some of the dialogue way harder to read than it should have been.
2: Yeah. But uh, aside from that, no problems in that regard.
1: Mhm. Uh, as and yeah, f- hmm? uh, as for whether or not it's essential, um I think it
2: depends on how emotionally attached to Rachel you are. Mm -hmm. And what that attachment looks like for you as an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I feel like you probably don't need this maybe in the grand overarching narrative that we talk about, like the canonical events of Animorphs. Mm -hmm. Because as we said, this plot hasn't got much occurring. But for understanding Rachel and her place in the group dynamic and just as a demonstration of what happens when Jake isn't there... Mm-hmm. I think is pretty is it essential. No, but I think it, your understanding and appreciation of the series will be greatly appreciated if you do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I think what it has to say about uh, again my thesis of animorphs that they all have these roles that they have fit into and are those roles are reinforced over time and they work well as a unit when they're all acting according to their roles. But when anyone works outside of their role or tries to take on a different one, they fall apart. Um, I think it's really demonstrative of that. Um, in a very concrete kind of way. Uh, Mm -hmm. and therefore is, is interesting for that. So I think it's another one, um, that like, if you're, Interested in the characterization and character development, you might consider reading it. Um, I don't think it's, uh, as essential. Um, I feel like you can get similar things from other books, but it's a fun read. Um, there's some good stuff in here, and, uh, you know, if you go into it with a uh, I, for
1: being willing to pick it apart a little more, I think it's worth it. Mm. Alrighty. Yeah. Let's let's do a close.
0: Let's do a close. An outro. That's what we call it. <laughs> uh, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also catch them on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, which is the animorphs inspired actual play podcast that we do together. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at DKPHPod. Uh, and you should go check it out.
1: And you should check
2: out Danielle's home podcast of The Room Where It Happened. That's right. I'm doing this in a different order. Let's see if I can (laughs) remember it all. Their current season is Urban Fantasy in rural Appalachia, and you should absolutely check it out. Elder County, Tennessee has got some real exciting character stuff going on and a dope-ass faction game informing the events you can find it on Roomware Pod on twitter you should absolutely check it out and if you just want more of that good good Danielle content find them <laughs> on Red Child Talk 90 at most places on the internet
0: yeet yeah. yeet yeah. alright let's All do right. a clap because we didn't do one at the beginning oops I had, I
2: had time <laughs> to it open and everything me too
0: uh, on the uh, minute on the minute